All right, guys. How you guys doing? Jamming. Space jamming. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. He's, right. Oz is wearing a space, space jam, jam hat. Yeah, I'm just getting ready for Space Jam 2 yeah. because if LeBron ruined my beloved Lakers season for it, it better be good. Better be a good movie. Did you hear allegedly, according to Brian Windhorse, he can't get anyone to star in it? Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> well, I mean, the choices are obvious, right? You got to have Michael in it and you got to have Kobe Bryant in it. Yeah. Everything else is You have to have Steph. I feel like you have to have Steph Curry yes, there. That would, that would be, be fresh. Yeah. I would like yeah, that. That would be a good pick. Uh, but good luck with that. Good luck yeah, with thanks, that. Yeah, thanks. Maybe so anyway, we can get good. Jeremy Lin Space Jam and Jeremy Lin would be great. Jay Lin. Shout out. <laughs> Toronto's favorite right now. Yeah. Uh, Come all right, on our so podcast. He's what? Come on our podcast. I know. Jaylen. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin. <laughs> Sanity on the podcast. <laughs> awesome. It's called a MacGuffin Report. Movies, TV, American culture. You in? From L.A., The MacGuffin Report, produced by Inclusive Media. This episode, Appointment TV, If Beale Street Could Talk, Word Association. So Steven Spielberg wants to ban streaming movies from Oscars. So can we define TV is a movie that starts in the theaters for a day, then gets 99% of viewers on a streaming platform considered a theatrical movie, or is it a TV show? Rachel, what do you think? So I heard about this Spielberg streaming ban on Twitter a few days ago, and I was I didn't really think much of it, um, just because that seems a little silly, because streaming is so big right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to, and apparently the Department of Justice has notified the Academy, because they heard about it, that this would be illegal. And I want to go into (laughs) Mm. that a little bit, actually. Mm. Um, So Spielberg, if you're listening, I'm sorry, this sounds like it's illegal. Um, Basically, it would be violating the first part of the Sherman Antitrust Act. Wow, Um, that sounds serious. It is kind of serious. (laughs) And this was set up in the 1900s, in the late 1900s, basically to prevent trusts. And back then, a trust was basically people buying shares and then collecting it in a collective of... um, the big example used was the Standard Oil Trust. Mm-hmm. So a lot of oil companies would have stocks. And each of these stockholders, they'd all have their stocks combined, so they would split up the uh, revenue. And this would essentially create a monopoly because you have a handful of shareholders controlling all of the oil companies. And America was like, mm, this is unconstitutional. Q Sherman Antitrust Act. So sorry, Spielberg, we can't do that. <laughs> Just a fun little background note. I, when the government actually looked out for us. Yes. Yes. Good times in the 1900s. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, yeah, they set that up to prevent monopoly and to encourage competition, which would this, which this would not be doing because, you know, the academy does drive sales. And this would be shooting a lot of people in the foot if we did have that ban. For me... Does it, you know, streaming, does that make it TV, movie? I go with the runtime and the format, personally. I don't really care what platform it's on or if it's been in a theater. If it, you know, watches like a movie, that's a movie. Let's give it that. Okay. Oz, what do you think? Well, great. First, I want to bounce off the Sherman Antitrust Act. Two things. One, remember, that was backed by Teddy Roosevelt. 
And now Teddy Roosevelt's been dead for a long time, but we all know what a badass he is. And if you mess with his law, he might just come back and get you. Possibly <laughs> prayed by uh, Robin Williams, in fact. Yes. But uh, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to say, too, is we shouldn't poo-poo the Sherman Antitrust Act because that might be the only thing that saves us from Walt Disney taking over every facet of American entertainment right all now. All hail the mouse. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Superman and Star Trek are about the only things standing that are not under Disney right now. Uh, I had For this, now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had this conversation recently uh, about, like, what is TV? Now, now, Mr. Spielberg specifically cited Roma, which mm-hmm. I'm sure, Walter, you're, oh, you're yeah. in agreement with. This movie shouldn't have been nominated for Oscars. He was kind of salty about it, wasn't he? <laughs> yes, yes. He basically said, more or less, the quote was something to the effect of, and I know Stephen is a big fan of this podcast, so please excuse me for misquoting you, Mr. Spielberg. Uh, He said something to the effect of, no, it's on a TV medium, therefore it's a TV movie, therefore it's not a movie, therefore it doesn't get nominated for the Oscar. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have what part of the quote right here. Oh, okay, Um, here you go. Spielberg said in in a recent interview that once you commit to a television format, you're a TV movie. You certainly, if it's a good show, deserve an Emmy, but not an Oscar. Okay, but then let me ask you guys, is Roma a movie? Is it? I mean, you look at it, it looks like a movie. I think it's a movie. I, mean, I don't know. I think it's. I think the ban is silly. Let's let's uphold the Sherman Antitrust Act. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we go, if we go with looks like a movie, hmm. Game of Thrones looks like a movie, but it's a TV show. But it is episodic. It's episodic. True, true. But I mean, if you if you wanted to be technical and about it, you could say, well, Game of Thrones Part One, Game of Thrones Part Two, mm. because it mm, looks like a movie. I don't know. The medium thing to me, I think, uh, it becomes valid because. If we're watching it on TV, because remember the good old days, Ozzy, you right. might remember, Rachel won't, but the movie of the week. <laughs> oh, They were God. not, so uh, they didn't qualify for the Oscars, right? but they qualified for an Emmy. Right. But now the movie of the week has gone down the wayside. Um, we don't have it anymore. And so to me, I mean, I don't know, Roma to me, I, I feel like it's a gray area. And I'm using the word gray hmm. on purpose. But it's one of those things where... It is on TV, though, and it didn't have a theatrical release, and there is something to that. Yeah, had a small one. Yeah, like, was it, like, one and a half theaters? Uh, it's, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That, that's, a, that's a tough one. Roma, to me, is a tough one. See, see, for me, it was easier back in the old days because if you watched it on a TV set, it was TV. Mm-hmm. And it's almost gone beyond, like, like Rachel was suggesting, it's as though what TV means is separated from that technology now and it's more about the aesthetic right to me look you can't convince me uh game of thrones feels like a tv show they leave you waiting for more in a way that even marvel movies don't yes okay it's the only thing that can compare to that is matrix 2 which didn't really end okay (laughs) that might be a tv show and a bad one okay but i think most of the time the thing that feels like tv is tv the thing that feels like a movie is a movie and I think it's it, it, that's a tough definition, but it's all about the aesthetics. I think. Yeah, I, I I see the point in the aesthetics of it. I also do uh, see uh, Mr. Spielberg's point in that that in that theatrical release and the medium that you watch it in does play a difference because when you make the movie, when you shoot the movie, you shoot it. I would think as a feature, 
as opposed to, oh, this is just a TV show. But right, right now, those lines are blurred, like with Game of Thrones. And I don't know if you watch Mr. Sunshine on Netflix. It's a Korean show, but each episode is like an hour and 20 minutes, and it feels like a movie. Yeah, it's like so Sherlock evident. on BBC. Yeah, yeah. I right? was the same thing. They'd put out like three of these things every year, two mm-hmm. years. Yeah. And like call it We had to wait three years one time, didn't we? Yeah, it was That was a while. bad. <laughs> and those feel <laughs> like motion pictures, like a feature film, yet it's TV. And that's where it becomes different. Because remember, we used to have those, the, was it the day after? The, the oh, big yeah. nuclear war one, that mini series. series. We mini had Shogun. Series, yeah, yeah. Uh, those epic my kids, movie my, series. My kids are watching Roots. The Roots in okay, school yeah. right now Aww. with Lavar Burton. Yeah. <laughs> and then oh, the, these Levar. are epic movie of the week TV series, like mini series. If I'm a dictator for the Oscars, what I would do is I would have it that every movie that's nominated for Best Picture has to have had a theatrical release, because I believe the intent of the DP, the director, the writer. And the producer is very important in it. And the way it's shot, the way it looks aesthetically, um, the way it has a beginning, middle, and end, hopefully. Not every movie does. But that, but that rule is in place right now. That's why Roma played the way that it did. That's yeah. why sometimes you get these movies that are going to be released in like March, actually coming out in New York and L.A. in December, because they got to get it in under the Just wire so in, they yeah. can get the nominations before it's released, and, right? So that rule is already in place. Yeah, well, I, but I'd be, I'd be strict to it in the sense of like, let's, let's have like a, a, a minimum, and they may maybe have that, like a minimum, minimum amount of screens. screens. Yeah. yeah, maybe bump that up a little bit. Uh, but when it's, But I think it's also the way Netflix markets their movies. Uh, it's like, hey, watch it at the same time. Or if you want to watch it in the theater, watch it in the theater as well. I think there's got to be a set, like only like an exclusive theatrical release. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to release it maybe a week after or two weeks after on Netflix, or, you know, on your platform, that's one thing. But when you have these like, um, what do they call it? A concurrent release. You know, I feel like uh, other than Netflix movies, when there's a concurrent release, like watch it on demand or watch it in the theater. That immediately tells me that's a bad movie. Yes. <laughs> They're just trying to get the most bang for their buck, you know, within that uh, first week or two. Uh, but when Netflix does it, it's a little bit different because their 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 uh, philosophy is just different. They just want the whole entire world to watch it at the same time so they can say like 100 million people saw Roma and only 1 million liked it. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to perpetually be a joke throughout this entire podcast. Yeah, but on, on okay, you want to put a positive, years. if you want to put a positive spin on that, you can say, well, if you like that, you're one in a million. Exactly. So there you exactly. Go. Oh, thanks, Walter. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Mr. Spielberg's not going to let this go. He's just well, not we'll see. Go. We'll, we'll see if it lets it go because I'm wondering what Spielberg would have said if instead of you know this movie by. Uh, a new gener- a new generational director hadn't been nominated and something like hmm the irishman which is directed by martin scorsese which is coming out on netflix or amazon or one of those and it's got who it's got ray liotta in it and robert de niro in it mm. and al pacino in it and i wonder what spielberg would have said if that movie yeah mm-hmm. were eligible for an mm-hmm. oscar or not but we're not going to find out though because right. they're, they're releasing the irishman in theaters oh they are okay. yeah so they're yeah, not probably really doing is it simultaneous i don't think it's gonna be simultaneous from what i from what i understand or what i read it's going to be like kind of like an actual theatrical release mm-hmm. and then they're going to release it on netflix i think soon thereafter mm-hmm. um, i don't think it's gonna be simultaneous so a studio bought it 
The, no, I think Netflix is distributing it. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you know, a, a part of me, the cynical side of me, thinks Steven Spielberg's like kind of uh, this this charge, this quest he's on against uh, Roma being a theatrical film. I think that's his passive aggressive way of saying it was a bad movie. Hmm. If you Quite were possibly. the dictator of the Academy Awards, you would say. <laughs> yeah, I, I would just, I would just say Roma, really. Well, if you're a dictator of the Academy Awards, by definition, yeah. you wouldn't take the vote. Yeah, I, I, you just say this is best movie. Mm. Yeah, Spider Man, pretty much best movie. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I'm with I you there, Dictator Oz. I wouldn't have put Roma <laughs> Can I join in your the kingdom? thing. Yeah, if I, if I was a, if I was an actual dictator or a true di- dictator, um, all movies would be in color. Ooh, yeah, zing. Appointment TV is long past gone. The personalization of movies, TV, news, sports, I would say even, has shattered our collective consciousness, contributing to further fracturing of the culture of America. So, question is, is there shared American culture anymore? And did it ever exist? Hey, how about an easy one, Rachel? Go. (laughs) An easy one? Yeah, sure. Softball for you. Softball, yeah. (laughs) No, this is a tricky question. Um, Mm -hmm. I would almost be on the side that from the start, American culture was fractured. Just looking at the way that our country was born. You know, a lot of bloodshed, the revolution, then we had the Civil War. We've never really been the united United States of America, but I think that's what makes us, you know, pretty decent. I wouldn't say great because hats, red hats, Um, (laughs) but it's what makes us pretty decent. Like we allow for that fracturing and we allow for that... um, dissonance almost to exist and we get along not super well all the time but we get along um i mean we still have we still have you know american as apple pie we've got our guns we've got that kind of american culture but then when you compare um life in the middle of the country and life on either of the coasts it looks pretty different but maybe that's that is by definition american culture and then you look at um you look at immigrants and the children of immigrants coming in with their own heritage and their own culture. We can call that quintessentially American too. But, you know, looking, if you compare like Vietnamese culture and Italian culture or Vietnamese American and Italian American culture, so different, but they both qualify as American. So it's, yeah, this is a tricky one. And this is kind of where we get into intersectionality. But I I would say almost that's the definition of American culture. Hmm. Okay, well, I definitely have opinions on this, but I'm going to go to Walter. <laughs> I go to Walter first. Um, let's see. Is there a shared I think shared American culture. I think I believe there is American culture just like there's American food, whether we agree on what's American food or not. I think everyone can agree hamburgers, hot dogs, right. American steak. food, yeah, steak, potatoes, mashed potatoes with garlic and white cheddar. Yeah. Uh, things, things like that. <laughs> um, I think we can agree, you know, is American food American culture, and I think that sometimes there's a danger in that. Like I agree with Rachel, what you're saying, like the Vietnamese American, Italian American, it's it's within within America, it's it's American culture. But I also think there's a danger in holding on to one's identity to the point where you're kind of proselytizing, like or trying to save, like 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 I'm Korean, like we have our own culture, obviously Korean Korean Americans, but, but 
for for me to like try to uh, combine that with American culture and say, hey, no, this is American too. I think that's where we get shaky. And I'm not saying that's what you were saying, Rachel, but I think but it happened. I see that a lot, like like with Latinos. Or with blacks, they say like, "Well, this is our culture, and so it's American." Uh, no, it's 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 still separate, and we can be separate, and we could all be separate, have separate cultures. Every ethnicity can have separate cultures. Yet we, we're still in America, and we still, I don't want to say abide because it makes it sound like it's law, but we still have to, we still assimilate to American culture, and there, there's fusion going on with different cultures. And I think there's a beauty in all these different cultures. I don't think there's a a necessity to kind of combine them or to kind of put some to the wayside. Um, I, I, one of the cultural things for Asians is that we take off our shoes when we come, come into people's homes. Um, and some Asian families, they lose that. And the, t- the shoe part, this is a thing for the Marie Kondo thing, but the shoe thing is we, 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 uh, we, we still keep that. We keep to that, but some don't. Yeah. And so they're assimilating. No, but why people don't take their shoes off? So you know what? I'm not going to take my shoes off. So it, there's things there. And then they say, well, that's still American. Okay, that's fine, but there's still a beauty in saying, like, I'm Korean, I take my shoes off. It's a cultural thing. Um, it's also a, a cleanliness thing, but that's a different thing. But I don't know, I, to me, the culture thing, it's like, hey, if, you're, if you have your own culture, ethnic culture, or your subculture of being racist, cool. Don't, but you don't need to. We don't. You don't have to force people to mix the cultures together. Yeah, I'm not saying we yeah. need to impose oh, no, I, our culture yeah, no, on it, anybody. But it, yeah, I'm on board with you there. Like, let's let's let everybody exist in their bubbles. Yeah. and you know, try to get along. It's hard, but the work is totally worth it because then we can find what's amazing. Like something am- amazing about American culture. Like you travel around, and it's not always like this, but. I don't know, compared to like here on the West Coast, you walk around and people say hi to each other. Mm-hmm. It's not like that everywhere else. No. No. And that's why I think the sad thing for me is that because um, TV and movies and sports, those are kind of, and I'm, I'm, I'm over simplifying it, but those to me are like the three top things where people can kind of talk about. Well, see, okay, great. I'm glad you brought that up because this is, this is what I wanted to touch upon, okay? One of the problems that happened in the 50s, 60s and the great democratization of university studies in America is that we became confused between culture and pop culture, okay? Now, I think when you talk about this fractionalization, you're really talking about pop culture. Okay? Oh, that's because, a different conversation, yes. Because, yes, okay, Event 40 million people don't watch MASH every week. 40 million people don't watch Cheers mm-hmm. or The Cosby Show yeah. every week. <laughs> or I think it was 80 million at that point. Yeah, 80% um, share. But look, here's what... America has contributed to world culture, okay? Uh, I'm going to go to the list. Baseball, football, basketball, and volleyball, okay? Jazz, hip-hop, rap, rock and roll, okay? TV, and you could argue film, okay? Mm -hmm. We certainly dominate world cinema. Do we get the internet because Al Gore? (laughs) Well, the internet, by all (laughs) accounts, supposedly 80 to 90% of the internet is still in English, and 80 to 90% of recorded music is still in English. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, some of this has to do with American culture, but greater American culture, yes, of course there's something unifying there. Absolutely. Now, some people may note that most of the things that I listed here are pretty old. You know, maybe they've seen their better days. I think we're still pretty good at these sports that I mentioned, but. Most of these things American culture isn't so good at anymore. Well, you know, I hate to say it, but this happens in cultures. 
Okay, for example, after the Renaissance, did Italians stop making art? No, it's just there wasn't anybody as good as Michelangelo anymore, right? I mean, Italians made opera in the 18th century, and then for a little while they didn't. Um, the, the British didn't stop making theater after Elizabethan age, after Burton and Shakespeare died. They just, it just wasn't as good. That culture is known for Elizabethan theater. Uh, the Russians, Dostoevsky, Tolstoy, Pushkin, all those guys existed at the same time. Do the Russians not write anymore? Of course they do. It's just that was the high point of that medium for that culture. That's it. I mean, you know, maybe rock and roll isn't what it used to be. But that's still American culture. Mm -hmm. I mean, in my opinion, that's our version of folk music. But that's another discussion. Now, I just wanted to go back to the original point, too, and talk about appointment TV. Appointment TV may not exist anymore, but I'll tell you what has not changed. Cult TV. Right? Star Trek Discovery. Of course, my favorite example for everything. They got nine plus million subscribers to CBS All Access within the first 48 hours of showing that pilot. Why? Because people want to watch Star Trek every week. They want to go to the TV at that hour and do have that communal experience. The stuff like Game of Thrones, the stuff like Doctor Who, uh, you know, that have cult followings. We're going to see that. That has stayed the same, I think. It's just that now the cult audiences are bigger than the mainstream audience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just more proof that the geeks won, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, yeah. Internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, first review. Uh, if Beale Street Could Talk, this is based on the James Baldwin novel. Yeah, I definitely want to talk about that. Written and directed by Barry Jenkins. Uh, did take home one Oscar for Best Supporting Actress for Regina King. Uh, it was also nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay and Original Score. Uh, the movie itself stars two young up-and-coming actors in Stephen James and Kiki Lane with an Oscar-worthy performance, and in fact, it was Oscar-worthy, literally, Regina King. Uh, the story is set in the 1970s Harlem and revolves around childhood sweethearts, Tish and Fanny, as they try and navigate the teen years toward an adult life. Um... Well, we sort of did a little warm-up of this off mic, but let's go on mic. Uh, I'll go to Walter first. Walter, what say you on this? I I didn't even think the movie. I just thought the movie was whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it's it. I feel like they just touched on things and didn't really dive into it. Like I thought, the the to me, who were interesting with the secondary and tertiary characters, Michael Beach and uh, Anjanu Ellis played uh, Fani's parents, and. And the, the, their their daughters, they came over, and you had this spike in action and the spike mm -hmm. in involvement, and like just you had these interesting people, and then you never saw them again. Like that was it, and I thought that that sucked. Um, it was like the first Tom Cruise Mission Impossible, where, where all the cool characters died in the first fifteen minutes, <laughs> and then you're left with like, what, what what's going on here? Um, I wanted to see Anjanu again. I wanted to see Michael again. I wanted to see what, you know, because they're such great actors, but both those, they're, they're really good actors. And I wanted to see them uh, more. I wanted to see more of them. Um, this doesn't take away from Regina's performance or uh, the guy that played, um, what is it, the girl, the girl's dad. Uh, I don't know. I just thought that if, I didn't know what the purpose of the movie was. Like, I didn't know, is it to try to change the world? Or is it like, hey, this is what it's like for these people? Is it just a story that... Um, the the author wanted to tell, 
I, I didn't know. And um, and then I don't I don't particularly enjoy movies where it's just I just feel down the entire time. Mm. There was nothing like no joyous moment. There was even at the end, like it's like that's it. Like everything was just bizarre to me. And then I felt down um, for two hours of my life, and I don't need to feel down. It's like, too long. Yeah, me. I don't need to voluntarily watch something to feel down. Like I can just sit and be down. Like I don't need to spend money to, to feel down. I want it like, and afterwards I had to watch something else. And I forgot what I watched after to kind of like equalize myself and, and balance myself out. Um, I don't know. I just, to me, I just thought like, you know, whatever they, they, whoever, uh, like Barry, Barry Jenkins that wrote and directed it. He, you know, somehow managed to corral all these really good actors into this movie for the cameos too, like the smaller parts. Yeah, Dave Franco and um, it was bizarre. When I was, when I was watching the cameos, I was like, "Wait, Diego Luna?" Yeah, it was just every like whoever this Barry Jenkins guy is, and I'm sure he's someone big probably to be able to corral all these uh, actors and actresses. It's because of Moonlight. Oh, okay, yeah. Then th- there you go. That's because this movie. I was just like, I, I don't know. I, I'm not into these kind of movies, and I'm sure if people out there, there's people out there that are into these down movies because it's cathartic for them. For me, not so much. I didn't enjoy the flashbacks, the way they did the flashbacks. I, 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 I like linear storytelling, so I'm a little biased. But it took a, a two or three flashbacks to realize there were flashbacks. Because in the first one, I thought, oh, is he out of jail now? I thought that too. Right? And I thought, hey, don't confuse your audience like that. Like, don't punish your audience for leading them, guiding them one way and then taking it back and going, ha like, I fooled you. For me, flashbacks are only good when... It's a vehicle. It's a perfect vehicle for what, like Memento, like flashbacks were important to no, that I mean, story. The whole movie's a flashback. Yeah, right? it's important. <laughs> you to need that. it for that. That's yeah. the only yeah. movie I think no, where key. I can say, yeah, the movie where it's a key. is a flashback. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, where this, it's like I didn't need the flashback. Like I didn't just give me the linear storytelling. I would have fell in love with a couple um, before, and I would have felt really sad that he got a, a falsely accused of rape and he got sent to jail. But he's in jail from the get go, and it's like, all right, well, whatever. He's in jail. And then, oh, he got accused of rape. Oh, okay. Oh, he didn't really do it. Okay. And they picked the best racist cop ever. Oh, I really hated that Oh, cop. man. Yeah, that dude Jeez. was so Slimey. If that guy doesn't oh, get other God. roles for playing what's a racist his, cop, what's yeah. his name something's again? wrong. His name's White Guy. No. Yeah. Uh, the, he, <laughs> that actor, he's been really good about They offered him uh, one of the big parts in, what was that Netflix show that was, was it Iron Fist? Um, oh, the Marvel thing? Yeah, they yeah, offered yeah. him a big role in that, and he turned it down saying, this needs to go to an Asian actor. I'm not oh. taking this. All right. He's He's got a a, a pattern for doing that. You so. know, if I was his friend, I would have been, you're stupid, dude. Just take the take the at least one season of money. Emma Stone Because you, you need the money. You need the money. I mean, because you know what? Because I would have told him, no one puts food on your table. No they one, they no. should have crossed that dude over in the green book. <laughs> he would have been awesome in that. Yeah. Oh, he, seriously. He, he would have been seriously oh, scary. Seriously. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, this is one of the good things. I, this is one of the things I liked about this movie is that, yeah, okay, it made you feel a little bit down, made you feel a little bit uncomfortable. It should. It should. Yeah. I mean, I mean this to, is yeah. a sad picture of a... Look, every love story, in order to work, needs like um, the, the conflict, right? It needs mm-hmm. the outside force trying to make it impossible. In this case, all of existence makes the love story impossible. You know, that's a hell of a trial for a love story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can get more into this later. Now, you were also kind of lukewarm on this, weren't you, Rachel? Yeah, I thought it was it was all right. It didn't suck, you know. It, right. It was it was. I can say that I thought it was a good movie. It didn't, you know, 
knock my socks off. I thought, I think what did it for me was the, the pacing, um, watching it initially. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what, I'm like, what am I watching? What mm. is this? And I got the same feeling from the trailer too. So I guess the trailer just did a really good job of encapsulating because, um, I don't, I haven't read the book, but while I was watching that scene that you were talking about with Fawny's parents and the sisters come over and that felt very, it felt like theater to me. So I was like, oh, okay, this is what this is. Yeah. And then the tone totally changes. Um, and I might've been disappointed by this movie just because I really, I liked Moonlight so much and I was kind of expecting something closer to that. Um, I liked the, the the film work. The shallow depth of field was, I thought, really powerful. It made everything very intimate. Um, the character development I liked. Um, I didn't care for the artsy montages and the flashbacks either. Oh, like yeah. the scene where they're kind of panning around his artwork toward, in the third act, I think. I was like, I can lose this. <laughs> that was kind of out of nowhere, too. Because yeah. no, to that point, they had never said that he was so passionate about his work or whatever. And then all of a yeah, sudden, he's like, suddenly, I was trying to figure out, like, Suddenly, where he's really passionate, yeah. and that's, like, yeah. the one thing in his life. Yeah. And I, maybe, what? I don't know, maybe <laughs> if that, that whatever piece of art they had chosen for the prop had been more to my taste, I would have appreciated it more. And I was like, this looks like it's supposed to be Thor's hammer, but it's not. I thought it was just cube on a stick. Yeah, which <laughs> basically. is basically Thor's hammer, I guess. Um, but the casting was good. I really liked the um, the woman that plays Tish's sister. I thought she, I wanted more mm, scenes. Yeah, of yeah. Her. yeah, she was really she good. She was yeah. really she was so alive on that was screen. A nice I loved character. that. Yeah, she had a really like speaking just like as an actor's point of view. She had her intentions very clearly. Mm. Like she her her act her acting her character was very alive and very had a lot of motivation in it. Um, but. Yeah, it just, it was all right. It was all right. Didn't love it. Absolutely did not hate it. It was a good movie, but. Yeah, I think, okay. So for me, the, you know, this thing, it, it won its share of awards. It won its share of acclaim. And, and, but for me, the interesting one is this nomination it got for Best Adapted Screenplay. Now, the writer is James Baldwin, who, in, in my opinion, is, is one of the great writers of the 20th century from America. But his books almost read like philosophical treatises right again it's That's interesting it's, it's always about the black person's role in society they're very literary right and 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 books like that are very difficult to adapt to stage i mean i'm sitting here looking at his credit list he's got like 40 novels to his name almost none of these have been turned into movies and in fact the only one that probably most people have seen is native sons which he actually co-wrote with uh, uh i believe a jewish screenwriter uh but this one made it to the um screen but almost nothing he does does and i think that was all the problems with stuff like pacing, stuff like characters dropping out. This stuff happens in books. Mm -hmm. I'm take that, sure. And I'm also sure that the writer-director of this film wanted to respect you know, the, uh, the original writer of this stuff and didn't change anything too much. And he, 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 he might have. He might have. Uh, on the plus side, I did want to say a few positive things about this. Um, I thought it was really interesting how certain movies like this can take place in the past and yet still comment on today. Mm. And I thought that was kind of important. Yeah. Uh, and I noticed two, 
as they got further and further into the movie that there was more of this, but it wasn't in your face, right? They didn't have to say, now we're actually talking about today or anything like that. Yeah, but yeah. I, I thought, for example, Puerto Rico was really interesting. Yeah. Because that's where it is. Like, right there's gotta now. be some commentary. Now that's, yeah, that's quite a coincidence. He benefited from that, but it certainly didn't hurt. And I also thought the other interesting thing about this movie was this is really the first film I've seen that I can point to and say, ah, Spike Lee influenced this film. Because it looked a lot like a Spike Lee film. Mm. He drew a lot and and as well as the jazz score which was completely different from the Moonlight score. That sounded a lot like a Spike Lee score. So I, I, you know, I, I thought these were good points of the film. But yeah, basically, you know, I, when I was doing film critic back in the newspaper days, I put these things on a zero to five scale. I'd probably give this about a three. I mean, it's worth seeing. Yeah. It's worth seeing. It's a good film. I didn't feel as uncomfortable, or rather I did, but I embraced it. Uh, it's yeah. certainly not a feel-good movie, but I'll tell you what, here's the antidote. After I finished watching this one, I took my kids to go see Shazam. <laughs> there you go. There you go. No, I, I feel the same. Perfect cleanse. That yeah. is. That by really the way, is. it's an awesome, awesome movie, well, by Zach, the way. Zach's great. Zach Levi's great. I, like, I love him from Chuck. Entangled. Chuck. <laughs> I don't watch cartoons. <laughs> Jeez, Rachel. No, the male speaks and the female speaks. Yeah, but Regina, I gotta say, I gotta, I gotta say though, <laughs> Regina has come a long way from two two seven. How about it? Right? Yeah. I'm just gonna throw out a name, and I want you guys to oh, first thing that pops into your head, essentially. Oh, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> I've been waiting for this it's one. It's just going to reveal that we're all very racist. <laughs> Steven Spielberg. Honestly, the first one that came to my mind was white. Indiana Jones. Dinosaur. Not the dinosaur of the movie, like dinosaur in Jurassic Park. Oh, all right. like Not like dinosaur. He's Park. too old for this, this game. No, 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 Is no, that no, what you no. meant? No, okay. That's what this Let game me, is. Subconsciously, here, that's what you meant. <laughs> no, I'll explain. I, 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 I met with a friend of a friend is... Um, buddies with his marketing director marvin good old marvin i love marvin i went to visit marvin a couple times and he had this like big dinosaur book and they used it for jurassic park and like that's always like the first thing that i see when i walk into his office so dinosaur netflix <laughs> wow costly star trek i watch all my star trek on netflix relax entertainment journalism Entertainment journalism, oxymoron. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> Owen Gleiberman. He's a reviewer for Entertainment Weekly. Independent film. Clerks. My favorite independent film. Sucks. I drew a blank there. That's sad. <laughs> I don't know. I was just like, <laughs> I don't know. The picture that I saw was Blockbuster for some reason. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Reality TV. Oh, Larry, I'm going to use yours. Sucks. Sucks. <laughs> Big Brother? I've never seen it. Game of Thrones. Never seen it. Never seen it. Awesome. Butts. <laughs> explain. Very good. Do I need to explain? You've never seen the show. <laughs> well, the, uh, the second word that I get is incest. Oh, okay. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. I haven't seen the show either. I saw the pilot in the no, second it, episode. No, I've yeah. seen some of it. Yeah. Haven't seen I shouldn't it. say oh, wow. I've not seen any of it. It is, I have to say, it is probably one of the, I'd say top five TV shows um, in my lifetime. 
Wow. Yeah, it, it's the way it's made, written, everything's, you know, you just have to sit through some incest. Yeah. But season two, slow. First four episodes of season one are slow, but it when it picks up, anyhow. Hollywood. Hollywood, wow. Um, movies. <laughs> right? I don't know. I, time. What? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> time? That's the first thing that came to my mind. Like as in it takes time to crack Hollywood? I don't know. He just said Hollywood and then the first thing, it said time. I don't know. <laughs> sign as in the Hollywood sign. That's what Hollywood really is to me. It's the giant letters on a hill. Disney. Oh, Monopoly. Land. It's not a word. Is that okay? Yeah. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> How about don't? How about that? That would be more Oh, I wish I could do I the goofy scream. It's yeah, they- <laughs> the goofy version of the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> this has been the MacGuffin Report with Rachel Wong, Oz Davis, Walter Hall, produced by Inclusive Media.